Hello and welcome to Hemet City Lights, a podcast spotlighting small businesses, local nonprofits, and community events in the Hemet and San Jacinto area. And I am your host, Diana. Today's special guest is Eve. Hello. From the Opera House and Tea Room and Victorian Bridal Museum, located at 146 North Harvard Street. Um, I first met Eve when James met you first yes, and told me about you. And then we came to a tea. We came thinking we were just going to sit here for like five minutes. And then Allison, your chef, said, go sit at the staff table. Enjoy the whole thing on us. Yes. And I was blown away. I It was beautiful. It was not what I expected. I'd never been to high tea before, and that's okay. Um, and I just, I was blown away that this is here in Hemet. And um, thank you for bringing something like this here. And uh, after I was here, I pretty much told anybody who would stand still long enough about this place. Because <laughs> I'm like, you have no idea what we have here. It's so cool. So thank you. Uh, thank you for sitting with me and talking. Um, like always, I have a list of 10 questions. Because you have the Opera House and you have the Victorian Museum, I've kind of split the questions in two. Okay. So the first part will be about the Opera House and Tea Room, and then the second half will be about your um, vintage Victorian consignment shop and stuff. That way we can talk more about that. So I'll just go right into it. Question number one. What gave you the idea to open an opera house and tea room? Well, the building that I'm in, we've been here seven years. Uh, we moved here uh, with a partner, and they left the early part of this year. So when they left, it left a vacant room on my side, and I'd always had a dream about having a tea room because um, the Victorian Bridal Museum was a specialty in Orange County where we were located for 10 years and we had bought an 1893 cottage there and we had six rooms of the evolution of the wedding gown mm. from 1835 to 1940. Wow. Uh, and bus tours would come. It was a destinational location. They call it the circle. There's many tea rooms yeah. and antique shops, art galleries and things cool. and Chapman University's nearby. They do many movies there because of the ambiance and the beauty of the uh, older homes. Ours was 1893 and people would come on the bus and I thought when I left there if I could get those tour buses to come to Hemet I could have tea and tour. So I developed a plan for the look of an opera house because mm -hmm. I found out seven years ago from the museum at the depot that this building was the original Hemet Opera House built wow. in 1895. The whole length of the the building or yes. just this was specific? No, the whole, the whole length and it used to be three stories. Wow. And uh, the, the museum at the depot brought me a picture of the building, the way it looked and, and the uh, 1890s when it was built. It was built by Whittier, which was one of Hemet's okay. founding fathers. Right. 
and uh, they brought a newspaper article and a picture of the upstairs, the stage with the big velvet drapes drawn to each side with a wow. full orchestra. And I was just struck, because I love history. I've been teaching the history of the Victorian Bride since 1982 and collecting. We've been featured by uh, Warner Brothers for the American Girl Book and Doll series when we first oh, moved cool. here. And the, it was the first movie they ever made. Mm -hmm. And it's called Samantha, American Girl. Okay. And it was from viewed around 1904. And they teach girls how other girls lived in other times. And this was all surrounding how child labor was so horrible in Chicago, New York, the big cities. Mm -hmm. Children were being injured and hurt by it. So the story is about that. But in the movie, uh, Mia Farrow plays the grandmother, and uh, her uh, uh, son, I believe it was, or nephew, had gotten married, and so they had a scene of Victorian wedding. Well, the producers wanted to show the girls today what Victorian weddings look like. So they needed a clip of true Victorian dresses, and they called me up right after I moved here. They said, would you mind being interviewed? And, I, and they told us what it was for, and we'd love to take a, a clip of your wedding gowns and I said I would love it because teaching history is what I love to right, do. Right. So that's what gave me the idea to use the empty room for a tea room and uh, I got a piece of paper I drew it out. I wanted it to look Victorian. I wanted it to look like 1895 and I wanted to to look opera. Right. And so then I knew how much money I had <laughs> and I had to say a prayer. And it was like, okay, God, I've always had expensive taste with an empty, <laughs> empty pocketbook. But I knew that it could happen, you know, because I've had some other miracles in my life, you know, and prayer worked. Mm -hmm. And so I drew it out, and I was able to get almost everything that I'd hoped for. And when people walk in, I remember I said to the Lord, I want people, when they walk through that curtain and see this room, to say, wow. Yep. And almost every Everyone. time right. somebody walks through there, they go, wow. <laughs> and it's a tribute yeah. to the building. So yeah. I want the history of the building to be highlighted. It's not about me. Right, right. You know, and I want it to be an addition, a destination for people to come and enjoy, but enjoy Harvard Street. Right. We were asked to, be, uh, to move our store here when we were in San Jacinto 11 years at Farmer's Corner, I just couldn't do it there. After 11 years, I was ready to quit. And a good friend of mine that used to be the mayor of Hemet said, Eve, we'd love for you to look on Harvard Street and move your store. I had a beautiful consignment shop that sold high-end clothing. And that's the way I generate income to give the museum uh, a home. Mm -hmm. I have no support other than my husband and I and my passion. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I said, I'm too tired. And <laughs> at that time, I was in my 60s. I thought, I'm not going to open up another store. She could just go look. So I came down to Harvard Street, and Farmer's Corner was hopping, and there were antique cars driving around. There was people. And I thought, wow. Then I came up to this window, and it was all boarded up. It had paper all over it. 
but there was a little slit close to the bottom and I got down on the ground and I peeked in and I saw this massive inside. It was so deep, so tall, white, yeah. and it had pillars. And you know what? I remembered a dream that I had had over 35 years ago about a place that I was looking for a home for my museum. Mm -hmm. And I went to this building peeked through some paper and saw this oh, building wow. 35 wow. years ago. That's crazy. But it didn't happen until now. Right. I'm going to be 74 in August and I've opened up a brand new venue where right. that dream came true. Wow. That was that's a, that was a long wait, but it came true. Yeah. Wow. And we have live opera at all of our teas right, here, right? Because I want the walls and the people to step back in time right. and experience what it might have been like. Although we're in downstairs in a corner yeah. of what was massive, we still have enough space where people can come. And now we have. A promoter from Palm Springs that just came to our last tea fell in love with it and she's already booked three busloads wow. of teas and she says I'm gonna keep you busy this is what you have is fabulous Awesome. So here we Good go, job. the destinational right. traffic. Yeah. Just since her coming nice. to one tea, and it actually came through the meeting of one of my performers mm. and um, she met her She'd been looking for her three years, and she noticed her at a restaurant and said, are you so-and-so? And she goes, yes, I am. She goes, I have been looking for you for three years. I am singing at a little opera house in Hemet, and it's fabulous. And she says, I want to go and see it. So she booked two. She brought a friend, and she was blown away. She yeah. loved it, and she immediately, within a week, called and booked three busloads wow. coming. And so there you go. The, the dream has come to pass. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Um, okay, so question number two. I've asked, actually been asked by a few people what, what to expect. So the question is, what can someone expect when they attend? Because I know I have a couple of friends that are like, what, what did you do? You know, what, what do you do there? Do you have to do anything? <laughs> So, <laughs> okay, the minute they arrive, um, the outside of the store says La Boutique Consignment, mm. but up above we have a banner that says the Opera House Tea Room. When they walk in, they see beautiful vintage clothing, mm -hmm. everything from bridal to everyday clothing, high-end cruise wear, special occasion clothing. There's a chandelier to greet you in the middle of the right, room. Right, right. And as you walk closer to the tea room, you run <coughs> into a Victorian bridal museum right. consisting of 35 beautiful gowns dating back to 1835 to 1940. Right. And then, as you experience that and, and view the gowns and the history of the gowns, which many of them have notable history, mm -hmm. and we can talk about that maybe later, but anyway, all of a sudden there's this lace curtain and you walk through there and you've stepped back into 1890s. The <laughs> tables are set. There's a 13 foot curtain with a small stage, velvet curtains, 
three chandeliers, a 13-foot ceiling, medallions on the floor, Victorian lamps in the corner, Victorian furniture, settees, and it's just like, wow. Right, You it know, is. it's it a total, wow. what <laughs> is this? Yeah. So that's what you could expect. And we try to give an intro yeah. before the tea so people understand that they are sitting in the right. original Hemet Opera House. Yeah. The, and that's that's so cool. I, I just love the history behind that. Now, is this something that anyone can attend? Is this a formal event, an informal? Can, can like, maybe a 10 or an 11-year-old girl come with her mother for tea? You know, what what's expectations when you come? Okay, what we would like is basically more adults and 12 years old and up. Okay. We want to reserve it for adult or young people mm-hmm. that will sit and enjoy and class, experience class, mm-hmm. experience tradition of tea, experience holding a teacup with beautiful roses painted on it, being mm-hmm. served, experience dressing up, having a place to go. I don't know how many times I hear customers walk in and say, Eve, you have beautiful clothes for sale here, but I have no place to go. Well, now (laughs) they do. (laughs) And some people end up coming and shopping and buying a hat or a, a, a wonderful tea dress or a Phantom of the Opera dress or a Roaring 20 dress. Last January, just last month, we had our Roaring 20 tea. And so we're offering monthly themed teas for the general public. Some people are single. They don't have a date. Well, they book one seat and we mix them with another group and they make friends and there's conversation to be made. There's people that are booking now 10, 10 seats or four seats or a table worth. But now uh, uh, the monthly teas are for the general public. Okay. But in between now, like this tour company from Palm Springs, they have dates on a Tuesday, on a Thursday, but it's specifically for their for bus them. tour. Gotcha. So we will always have the general public, but then we open it up for anyone. Red Hatters, Four Seasons have been here, The Village, uh, other groups. I've got a group of, uh, what is it, five ladies. They're tap dancers, and they just, one of them came in the other day and just booked five, paid for five tickets, wow. and they're all over 70 years old, yeah. and they're oh. tap dancers. That's so cute. <laughs> so, well, you're answering my next question is how often do you have a tea? So you have one every month with a theme yes. for the general public, but if you have a group of people, you can book something through you for a, another day. Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. and we ask that the group be a minimum of 20 people. Okay. We can seat comfortably 30 people, actually a little bit more. But when you get the people in here and their servers and activity, 30 is very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 20 to book for a special group. Mm-hmm. But our monthly teas are open to one to two to three okay. people or okay. more. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Um, okay, so we've talked about the opera house and tea room. Now I'm going to switch directions and talk about the, um, I want to say this right, the Victorian Bridal Museum, which is the 
the best part of walking in here. Yeah. It's just every time I come in here, I'm just, there's so many things to look at. I, I don't feel like I'll ever finish looking at all of them. So uh, question number five, tell us about your uh, vintage Victorian consignment shop. What do you have? What, what's, what is it? Well, the consignment shop is a source of income that uh, we've come up with that not only helps the people who bring these lovely uh, pieces that they have worn at one time and no longer have a need for Mm -hmm. them, but they don't want to just give it away, let's say to the Goodwill or some other organization like that, because there's some connection, there's quality, it's upscale, it has a dignity. And it, in a way, it's like a place where they can come and I will sell it for them. And I have a commission and they have a commission that they receive. But it gives those beautiful pieces of clothing a beautiful place with chandeliers and lace, lace curtains mm-hmm. to be bought again so it can be used again and have a new home right. and make a special occasion special for right. somebody else. Right, right. So it's upscale, high-end vintage okay. and special occasion clothing. Okay, okay. So high-end vintage special occasion clothing. Yes, and that's how we started uh, when we first moved to Hammett 17 years ago. We opened up a smaller store at Farmer's Corner and it was the only way that I could afford to pay a rent, the light, the insurance on a uh, little shop. Mm-hmm. So it, it progressed, and we were getting some wonderful pieces. But I could only display at that time uh, about seven dresses, and I had 50. Oh, wow. And when we moved here from Orange County, we sold the little 1893 cottage. It sold in 24 hours, and it put us in a tailspin because we had to reinvest that money. We had heard about Hammett, about property being very good and very reasonable. Mm -hmm. We came out and bought three pieces of property 17 years ago and thinking we would just fix them up Mm -hmm. and move back to Orange County. It never happened. We landed up staying. Somebody told me there's a curse around here. There is. (laughs) Once you come, you don't leave. (laughs) Well, it happened. Yeah. We didn't leave, and uh, we landed up opening up a little store but I called the Banning Museum in San Pedro. General Phineas Banning uh, was the man who dredged the harbor in San Pedro. He mm-hmm. was the father of the Port of Los Angeles, which is one of the biggest. And I just happened to have his wife's wedding, his wife's dress that he wore to their daughter's wedding. Oh, wow. From 1890s. So they allowed me to bring my whole collection, and it was there for seven months on on tour mm-hmm. for the public to view. And it gave me that space not to worry about these oh, pieces. gotcha. And so uh, when the seven months was up, they said, okay, we need you to pick up your dresses. So they went into storage. And I was sick. These mm. beautiful gowns were in a dark, cold storage room. Oh, wow. And I told my husband, what we're paying for two storage units for a couple hundred dollars more, I could have a small 
little shop over right. there at Farmer's Corner, and this was 17 years ago. So I persuaded him, <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we landed up opening up a little store, and we were there 11 years, and then when we were asked to look on Harvard Street, we landed up moving here seven years ago, and it's been an evolution, just layers, but in uh, the very, very beginning, as far as the Bridal Museum, the whole idea and thought came to me through a bride that was married in my home. I had a 1906 home in Upland okay. that we restored, six bedrooms, four bathrooms, three stories. Wow. And my husband and I restored it. And then I got this crazy idea to do weddings in the garden because our church had gone into a building program and I didn't have any source of income. I had a house full of kids. By the way, I didn't mention I was a foster mom in that big Victorian house oh. for teenage girls. Oh, wow. So we had every bedroom, six bedrooms yeah. filled with teenagers and then I landed up getting pregnant with my youngest child. I already had two teenagers <laughs> to add to the other teenagers. Uh -huh. And then I got pregnant with this baby. I was 36. But you know, my husband being a policeman, he said it was a great ride-along program because nobody got pregnant while they lived with uh. us. <laughs> they had to help me raise that, that baby. Change birth control. Birth control. Change diapers, feed the baby, baby said, and, and have this kid walk in your bedroom and steal your stuff or bug you. Right. So it was funny, but those girls still keep in contact with us, and one's a lawyer, others are teachers, others wow. are cooks, singers. They're in their 40s and 50s. This was in the 80s when wow. I was a foster mom. But that big house, we started doing weddings there to raise money for our church to build a new church. Yeah. And so I thought, well, I'll just do a couple. 800 weddings we did. We oh did it for 15 gosh. years. By this time, we had horse and carriage for the yeah. couples. We had antique cars. My husband was still a policeman on L.A. He worked graveyards. He'd come home, take off his gun and his badge, put on his top hat and oh. his tails, pull <laughs> out the antique cars, and he served the toast to wow. people. We would serve Martinelli's in the garden wow. for the weddings. But one day... The girls that got married there really leaned on me for information because it was a Victorian setting. Mm -hmm. So they said, one bride said to me, Eve, by the way, my name is Eve, <laughs> mother of all. I had all these kids uh -huh. and I was the first bride. Right. So what does that tell you? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, my husband said, yeah, you've been a pain in my rib ever since. <laughs> but anyway, the bride said, Eve, what does a Victorian bride wear? She was looking for ideas on what to wear on her wedding day. That, that was before Google, before smartphones. Uh -huh. I had to go to the library. I started reading to help them, and that's when I got bit by the bug of Victorian oh, bridal. Gotcha. And I started reading, collecting, and before you knew it, I had a collection in my 1906 home. And guess who knocked on my door one day? I don't know who. The L.A. County Museum of Art oh, wow. textile director and says, Hello, I'm Dale Gluckman. I've heard about your collection. Can we see it? Wow. 
the word got out. Pretty soon LA Times was there. Pretty soon the textile director from San Bernardino Museum knocked on my door and said, hello, I'm Phil Lavoni, and I heard about your collection. Can I see it? I let him in to show him. It was like a little boy. Really? He loved it. <laughs> and I asked them, would you mentor me? They landed up, both of them mentored me. I got to go at LA County Museum of Art to the back room where I got to see clothing Queen Victoria herself wore. Wow. And they invited me to the opening day. It was wow. there for three months and it was like, boom, boom. Then Victorian Homes Magazine did a three page article on us. That went everywhere, all over. The bus tours were coming like crazy. I never had to sell clothes. I didn't have to do anything to raise the rent. The destina destinational traffic is what kept me alive, and that's what I've dreamed about ever since I've been out here. And just this week, we got three bus tours from Palm Springs. <laughs> so what can I say? I'm really super happy right now. Absolutely. I, I, I can tell. But I'm happy for Harvard Street, <laughs> right, too. Right, Because they're going to look around, and right. they want things to do when they're down here. It's going to be a full day trip right. for them. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So it's for the village Mm -hmm. I've always worked with people. I hate people that are narrow-minded. All they think about is my store and that's it. Right. Well, you can't survive that no. way. We need each other. Mm -hmm. We can make it better here if we would just share. Right. You know, right. and work as a team. Absolutely. I know um, one of the people that I've interviewed, Kickback Grow, um, Joshua, they try to buy as much as they can locally food for his restaurant. You know, he goes to local butchers and he tries to, you know, to just keep it in our town. And that's what it, that's what we're trying to do is support ourselves, yes. you know, so we don't have to depend on anybody yes. and, and it, and it helps build each other up. Well, when I started putting this, um, uh, tea room together on the decor, the first thing I did was I called a carpet company that's been here over 35, almost 40 years. Yep. And I said, I want to use local people. Right. And the owner, I think it's uh, Sons, just down the mm -hmm, street. Mm -hmm. uh, I forgot the name yeah, of it. Yeah, I know you're talking it's about. It's a carpet company that's right. been here on, on uh, State Street. He walked in, and he was an old gentleman, but he was so sweet. And I said, I want a beautiful carpet, beautiful color, but it's got to be reasonable, you know, <laughs> and I want to use you. And uh, we landed up getting it, and they did a beautiful job, yeah. and I called other local people. And some I couldn't find local, but I did have the mindset of you using local people. As much as you can, mm -hmm. yeah. It's not possible to do it with everything, but as much as you can, Yeah, you know, and that's how I try to live now myself. Um, okay, so question number six. Um, I've noticed that you do have some dresses that are just for display. Can you tell us a little bit about those dresses? Well, they're either something that I want uh, that I do not have, and it gives a evolution of a certain era, a certain style, and it shows you the layers of change from beginning I based my collection on the reign of Queen Victoria. Otherwise, I would be collecting everything. Mm, okay. You know, 
and I had to learn what the younger people like, like steampunk and mm-hmm. retro mm-hmm. and all of that. But as far as the Victorian, um, I kept it from the 1830s when Queen Victoria became queen in 1837 to 1901. So that's the span of the majority of my museum. But to pay the bills, I have clothing from all eras. And I will sell those. That's at the front of the store, which is called La Boutique Mm -hmm. Consignment. But I have certain pieces that are special to me. They need to be protected or they're too delicate to be worn. For instance, I have a beautiful green lace, beautiful... um, Gatsby dress from the Roaring Mm -hmm. Twenties that I found at a local antique shop just two streets over from here about seven years ago, and I had the headpiece. I know what you're talking about. The headpiece I had that I bought at a Pasadena antique show 25 years ago, and when I found it, it became a marriage, and right. now I have that on display. I won't sell that right. because I brought it together. Right. Now I have people that get online in France, for instance, looks up Victorian Bridal, and I popped up because anything I've ever done since 1982 is on, on there. Right. And they put this beautiful 1903 wedding dress from their family from 1903 with a note and shipped it to me sight unseen never told me and said would you give this dress a home no one in my family wants to give it a home or take care of it it is now on the floor from 1903 and i have the name of the bride that wore it and now i'm raising money for the appropriate headpiece so that i can finish the look so the public can enjoy it right so there's no telling almost every month i have at least two people walk in with tears in their eyes wanting to donate something that their grandmother wore or their mom wore. And I have two storage units, one at home and one on Sanderson. And it's like, okay, you know, I just need more room here. But I'm a rescuer too. And I'm supposed to do this. It's a passion. I've been doing it since 1982. I love it. And people love it. And I think when you're passionate about something, other people pick up the passion. Yeah, they do. And they love it, too. That's true. Absolutely. I can feel it. So you kind of touched this, but question number seven is, what drew you to this location? Hemet. What drew you to Hemet? Well, we sold our business in Orange County mm-hmm. in 24 hours, and we wanted to reinvest in rental property. And that's basically how we got out here. And then it evolved with starting the small shop at Farmer's right. Corner. And then it evolved to being asked to be moved, move your store to Harvard Street. And then it evolved to an empty back room that I turned into the tea room. So right. that's where we're at in the last 17 years. That's how it all happened. Kind of moved. And do you, do you like it here? Are you, are it's you happy with it? It's home for me. It's home for me because as I've gotten older, I don't drive into the traffic Orange County. Mm-hmm. And, and the 91 freeway is about the worst oh, freeway right, you can right. get on. Yeah. And I told my husband, I said, I'm not leaving Hammett unless you drive me. <laughs> and he says, what are you going to do when I die? I said, I'll just get another driver. 
That's funny. <laughs> but we live at Seven Hills right on the golf course, okay. and it is beautiful. Yeah. And I can't imagine living anywhere else. I do. I love Hemet. Mm-hmm. You know, I always tell people I've been all over this country. I've been to almost every single state. And I've never seen a sunset as beautiful as a California sunset. There it's just isn't. beautiful. And the mountain ranges right. are gorgeous. And uh, this is home. Yeah. And we've planted our roots here. We've invested. In fact, the money we used to do the room came right at the time of our 50th wedding anniversary. Mm. And when my partners who had shared the original space told us they were moving I had no time except make a decision I sat down with my husband I said the money that we have saved to go on our trip to to Rome to renew our vows is what I need now to build this tea room Mm -hmm. and I said I can't go and enjoy that knowing yeah. I'm going to have an empty back room in my dream. Yeah. I won't have the funding. Right. So he said, okay, <laughs> honey, we can go in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. So basically, that's we've, we're here, and it's our 50th anniversary, but we are getting so much pleasure out of adding something to Hemet. In fact, I've had some very important people walk in and open a checkbook, and of course I can't tell you who it is, Right. <laughs> and say, I want to thank you for what you have invested mm-hmm. in Hemet and written a check of donation. Wow. I cried. Right. And I said, thank you. Yeah. Because this has been a labor of love. Absolutely. You know, I'm not funded by anything except our passion. When we were in Orange County, I did get a 501c3 mm-hmm. for five years, but it really didn't bring me any income, and the hard work, the paperwork was so much, mm-hmm. I decided to let it, let it lapse, and I, we just decided we'll do it on our own. Right, right. But uh, anyway, this is our home. We're planning on staying. We're very happy to be part of Hammett and Harvard Street. And we lost a dear friend, Steve Covington. Yes, yes. And he was one of the young men that walked up to me one day when I first moved here. And he walked with me as I was coming back from Farmer's Market. And he said, Eve, tell me something. Are you doing better here than you were at Farmer's Corner? I said, Steve, I am doing 150% better. He goes, that's what I wanted to hear. And shortly after that, he opened up his deli. Right, right. So he was very special, too. And then the art gallery that is next to us now, they came up to us and said, because you guys moved in there, we decided to move in. And it became a domino effect. Right. So I, I really feel like we had a part in... Uh, encouraging others to take the the risk to the take revitalization the of downtown yes. Yeah. yes yeah yes that's good that's good um so we're almost done here i have a couple more questions when are you the happiest at work when i see the happy people when you hear wow when I hear, wow, when I hear, it fits, oh. I love it, <laughs> or when I hear, oh my gosh, look at these beautiful Victorian wedding gowns, <gasps> or some of them walk in and they see the museum and the display, they start to cry. Mm. 
they get emotional mm -hmm. and they go I'm sorry I don't understand why I'm even crying and I said I understand it's so beautiful yeah you don't get to see this very often yeah, yeah. so that makes me happy is when I see people happy appreciating when a person has a gift and they appreciate it it just makes it all worthwhile mm -hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely Okay, almost final to the last question. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm Puerto Rican and I talk a lot. <laughs> I am emotional and I am a dreamer and I'm always creating something. My poor husband of 50 years, he is just a regular white boy from Washington. <laughs> Met him and he was a Marine down in Long Beach 50 years ago standing on a corner and I picked him up and we went to coffee <laughs> and we've been together ever since and i told him i said you know what serves you right you thought it was a one night stand and you got life <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh, he's a he's a wonderful man and so he loves cute. people and when i got cancer three years ago stage four multiple myeloma he took over the whole store i was in a wheelchair i couldn't even walk and he took over the whole store for eight months, and, and he's got a sense of humor. He told the ladies, come on in, my wife's not here. He says, but I'll help you. But there's one thing, thing I won't do. He says, I won't button, zip, or model for you, okay? <laughs> so I must tell you, he's been a great man, and he's allowed me to do my crazy things, but I, I really believe he enjoys it too. Mm -hmm. He's a people person as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a very, very nice man. Well, um, we're down to our last final thing. Um, usually question number 10 is not really a question. It's just uh, tell us how we can get a hold of you. What are all the ways that we can find you? Where can we find you? How can we find you? Okay, I'm on Instagram. And I'm also, I have two Facebook pages, La Boutique is the one that has a share button. So okay. that's a good one to go to, but I post pictures and also fashions, uh, the museum as well as the things that we sell. And also my name, Eve Faulkner, is the other Facebook page. So those are the three best places to find okay. us. And uh, I would say that would be the best thing. Come on in and get a card. And we have now uh, small brochure cards for the teas for uh, people to advertise or share with friends for a group tour or just individual tours. As uh, just before we were speaking, I had a lady come in and make a reservation for four people and she was here two months ago for our uh, Christmas tea, oh, which okay. sold out before, a week before the date. And you shouldn't wait because people are booking constantly during and uh, um, the month for our monthly theme mm -hmm. teas and then we have a cutoff date usually uh 72 hours so we can call um and give a final count to okay. the people who prepare the food okay and are you open uh, monday through sunday or we're open tuesday through saturday our hours are 11 to 5 but on saturday we open 
10 to 4. So it's okay. just one hour shorter. Okay. But I wanted to mention we have a list of wonderful performers performing in the uh, opera room. Uh, when I first opened it, I was calling it Phantom of the Opera Tea Room, and, and the Pantages Theater had just <laughs> opened uh, the Phantom oh, of the Opera. That... So the timing was in sync. Right. It was amazing. And I have a wonderful singer named uh, Jason Call, and he dresses with the Phantom yes. costume, the yep. mask, and he does Phantom of the Opera, and he dazzles the ladies. They love it. In fact, that's one of the things that the people from Palm Springs have requested. We want the Phantom him to sing for us. <laughs> yeah, he was really good. Yeah. Yes, and then we have Meredith Milton, beautiful opera singer. She will give you chills, and she used to take lessons from our partner that uh, was here, Kathy Peterson, when she was eight years old. So I asked her to sing, and she's been singing ever since for mm. us. And now we have a lovely woman uh, who sings in French, and she is French. Her name is Nicole Farrell, and she's going to be singing for our uh, for our April tea, which will be springtime in Paris, and oh, she's nice. going to be singing in French. So we're celebrating April as springtime in Paris, and then we're going to have uh, Jerome. I forgot his last name, but he sings wonderful. He just sang for the Hemet Theater. And uh, what's uh, Rick? What's Jerome's last name? Robinson. Jerome Robinson. He's going to do our April. Uh, theme tea and it's going to be gospel gospel oh, nice, music the nice. old uh, uh, spirituals yeah you know yeah. and a mix of songs from yeah. like the platters and mm -hmm. things like that but I wanted to reflect on the resurrection of Christ in our April theme right. and then May of course will be Mother's Day right. so we'll be trying to keep up with who's going to perform but the it's all live music, uh, not live music, but it's live entertainment, vocalists, and definitely we will always have at least one opera song by our entertainers. Do men come? Men, yes. Okay. Yes, they I was, do come. I was wondering that. Okay. All right. Yes, and we also highlight any birthdays and give them a gift and sing to them. Nice. So we make it a special occasion. All right. Well, I love it. Well, Eve, it has been a joy. You're, you're just a joy to talk to anyway. Oh, thank so. you. You're a sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for doing this. And um, look, we, we didn't even hardly use up all of our time. That was good. So thank you for doing this. And um, I will post all of your in your information on the blog. And that way people can call you or come in okay. um, and find you. So thank you for listening. And um, stay tuned for our next podcast next week with Habitat for Humanity. Thank you.